0: Coming to you from New York City, this week and every week, it's the Ben Kissel Show.
1: Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm Ben Kissel. Mike Coscarelli. Thanks for being here with me as always. Today's guest is Henry Zabrowski.
0: Yo, guys. How are you guys? How's everybody doing?
1: They're doing great, Henry. I don't want
0: anybody to be upset, but I'm going to tell you right now, uh-huh. the moon is
1: hollow. Uh-oh.
0: I don't want to start like this. That's right, Henry. But the, the moon is a hologram.
1: Well, I mean, or it's completely real and it's there and it's helping the waves, mm. uh, you know, come and There's and a lot go. of theories. Yeah, there's a bunch of different ones. Uh, Henry and I, of course, host a podcast together on Cave Comedy Radio called The Last Podcast, on the left and henry is a uh, superstar even <laughs> without me uh he was on the wolf of wall street he plays Stu. and then of course he was on, on M- a to z on NBC. And yes yes i'm sorry on wolf of wall street he plays sea otter yes uh, because he's <laughs> fat and he has a mustache yep. and they said sea otter. sea otter good on mba on mbc's a to z he is Stu. and on adult swims your pretty face is going to hell. He plays Gary Henry. Why do they only give you fat names?
0: Um, hey, it's better than playing a Blair because then you got to <laughs> live up to being a Blair.
1: Blairs you know I mean? are beautiful. They have a bob haircut, dark hair, satanic.
0: They have like the natural V. You know what I mean? That bone where the natural V happens and some people got it, like Brad Pitt has it.
1: D'Angelo used to have it. One of my favorite uh, career story arcs of all time is D'Angelo, for those that don't recall the video. God, he's so fat now. It's great. It's amazing. He had a video, and I'm not sure what year it came out. I want to say the 90s, but I put everything in the 90s because my brain stopped working in 1999. But uh, the video is just a pan down slowly of him, and he is a gorgeous man.
0: Great pubic hair.
1: Before the Fifty Shades of Grey novel made white housewives in the Midwest wetter than the goddamn uh, ocean floor, there was a fella named D'Angelo and their husbands, these white women in the Midwest, they did not let their husbands know why they were wetter than ever before. Mm. Because then their husbands would have beat them for two major reasons.
0: I don't know. I would have sent a thank you letter to D'Angelo. And a a
1: scripted, nice call. You know what I, that turns into when D'Angelo reads it though is like, oh, this guy's about to murder me. <laughs> so I, I noticed my wife was looking at you. I just want to say thank you for getting her going so good. And then D'Angelo feels like he's being threatened by a white fella in the Midwest whose wife is happy for the first time.
0: Yeah, and that's all, and that's a shame because but, in the Midwest it's. It's very hard to be happy. There's literally a tax on smiling during the winter time.
1: Oh, during the winter, but you know what? It's so easy to be happy in the Midwest, though, because uh, you have no expectations. If it's five degrees outside, if you step outside your front door, oh, Huh. huh I just go back on a couch.
0: Also, tell you in the Midwest, I'm a supermodel.
1: You're a gorgeous. I man walk for down the, the streets like head turns. People like drop their
0: sunglasses and go like, "Who's that?" In the Midwest.
1: It's like that uh, Adam Sandler, Chris Farley video for... Uh, for Schlitz the, Gay. For Schlitz Gay, yeah. yeah. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Ooh. Mm. Go out there and uh, YouTube Adam Sandler, Chris Farley, Schlitz Gay. It's one of the greatest SNL parody oh. commercials of all time.
0: Unless you get that old-fashioned best of Chris Farley VHS tape. And oh that—that's more fitting to the people that would be watching that sketch.
1: Chris Farley was the idol of mine uh, growing up. He was the reason that I became 380 pounds. He I don't had, know. I think Candy. I think maybe it was um, the copious amounts of booze and food you were
0: shoving in your yes, fucking hole. Yes,
1: but who who taught me how to do that, Henry? Chris Farley. Your and parents John Candy. did
0: because they were replacing love with food.
1: No. It was because of the comedic genius mm. of my uh, comedic idols growing up. I said, you have to be fat to be funny. But, Henry, this is one of the first uh, areas that we um, really sort of bonded over. Henry and I met, in, what is it, eight years now? I don't know. Something like that, a while ago.
0: I don't remember I- meeting you.
1: Mm, yeah. I just
0: woke up, and it was like eight years past, huh? is weird?
1: There's a boy <laughs> in my bed, <laughs> and it's me. Um, but you loved Chris Farley growing up as well, and he was a personal idol of yours.
0: Well, he was the one who showed me, that, that's, the, that's the whole, uh, the kind of the whole idea. Is he showed me uh, sort of, if you're fat, being right. funny is a great equalizer. Got to be. Uh, it's a, it's a, how you fit into society. It's how you make friends. You know, you read about his story and his style of comedy, which was, you know, very self-depreciating. Especially very physical, yeah. And very physical, yeah. which I loved, which is a thing that I... I uh, Totally built my whole, like, style off of when I was a kid. I used to just – the assistant principal used to take me out of class and I would do the Matt Foley speech in different classes. Like, he would just take me out.
1: So your assistant principal – Pimped you out, yes, around the school so that kids would behave better in mm-hmm. class.
0: Mm-hmm. I was a prize.
1: Oh, are you speaking in class? Well, you're you're not going to get your Henry today.
0: It was very, it was very strange. But that's how you make friends. So yeah, but then his uh, tragic end. And then I read the Chris Farley show. Well, well,
1: go back to uh, high school. Were you were you popular when you were doing this? Yes, or, I was. So you, I would assume when you first went into the classroom and did uh, and did the Foley impression, people were like, "Who the fuck is this fat nerd?" And then throughout time, uh, they were like. Yo, Henry! Yo, little Farley! We love you. It's it's just one of those. I discovered once I got into theater, once I started doing drama in
0: the fifth when I was fifteen, that changed everything. Because so it was you like
1: s- you sort of reversed that trend. Usually, people do theater and get bullied, but you got bullied and then you did theater. Yes. and then you came out on top.
0: I am the I am the product of the redemptive power of laughter, <laughs> which is very weird. I am, but it's the truth. It's just like you know, my sister became, but she, we were both very fat. When right. we were kids. So my sister became a horrible bully and would beat people up and, like, you know, and slap girls in the vaginas and, like, do all weird, crazy shit because she was a maniac. Pussy slaps. She would slap around a pussy. Oh, my. And be like, hey, 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 it's going on, freshman. Slap, slap. And, like, hit him real hard in the pussy. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's how you get somebody's attention.
1: Jackie Zabrowski is his sister. She's unbelievably talented. She'll be on the show in the next uh, couple of weeks, and you can listen to her on KF Comedy Radio, Sex and Other Human Activities. She's great. Page 7 and the Round Table of Gentlemen. But
0: I discovered more of a Golden Retriever kind of, like...
1: Golden Retriever. Yeah. Okay. In which in what sense?
0: That you just make people like you by being kind of fun and 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 I was like very happy and I was very right. silly and I was I was always fucking goofing off. I was class clown. I was voted like funniest in the class. I was voted most likely to be famous.
1: Yeah. I got class clown, rowdiest. And Henry, feel free. We have cough buttons here at WABC. So, so I you, don't have
0: to hear that my so body fight me.
1: Yeah. Maybe I'll take a little sticker and write the word burp on it instead. <laughs> so that's the burp button. So whenever you need to belch, just hit. Hiss- that and then the audience won't uh, have to suffer through the sounds of your body revolting against (laughs) itself. Uh, I was voted class clown, class rebel and uh, and loudest. No, I was voted loudest, rowdiest in class clown. I wanted class rebel. Yeah, but you have to be skinny to get class rebel. Yeah, it was actually a really fat drummer who got it. Tyler, Weird. yeah, but he was a he was a rebel because he was like, I don't care about your nutritional standards. What's he doing now? He's still a, just a fat drummer, but he's a very nice dude, and he fishes a lot, according to Facebook, and I always really liked him, so that is not a diss about his weight. He just happens to be larger than the average person, which I think makes him better. Yes, I do too. So you survived high school through humor.
0: Absolutely. Oh, you just got really... Fu- That's how I got every girlfriend I've ever had. Uh, you know, I when you look a certain way, I'm built like... Uh, I'm kind of... How would you describe me?
1: Well, I Uh, I would describe you as sort of a a, a toothpick, and uh, my my grandmother would always say, oh, toothpick with an orange on top, but you've lost a lot of weight, so toothpick with an old, shriveled-up orange on top of it. Yes,
0: yes, yes, yes. So I have kind of an odd body, you Perfect know? for
1: physical... You have the exact same body as Farley. Yes, I'm the fun.
0: same height, same thing. Right. Yeah, so it's like I'm, I'm built to do comedy, but not make love to women. But the promise is <laughs> that's why you have to be funny to equalize all the, the, the hand that you got. Right. You know, and so right. that's, that's what I did. So that's basically what I did. And so once I got it, I was almost Machiavellian a little bit. I kind of weaseled my way in. I became president of the drama club. I became totally in charge of the talent show. I got... So that's kind of what... Happens right. it's like all of a sudden I'm I'm the flow I'm the person who's the valve here to right. like get people on or off the stage and be like if you want to be on stage you got to be friends with me so you got to get power I became addicted to power mm-hmm. you know but it was it was a lot of, it was a funny time I, I I had a really good time I had a really good high school experience yeah. I was homecoming king that kind of shit and then I went to college and had a full mental breakdown
1: and you you went to FSU Florida State University in Tallahassee Florida yeah and you were in high school you were in Queens right. No, this was in Florida. Oh, you this went to high, in high Palm school in Flor- Harbor, Florida. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Okay. So then, and then you, uh, what was? The, why did you have the breakdown um, when you first got to Tallahassee? Other <laughs> than the fact you're like, I'm in Tallahassee. What do I do? What do
0: I do? No, the idea is that I was just so smiley and happy all the time, and I wasn't feeling right. that way anymore. And then you know, mushrooms fixed all that. I'm great now. Mushrooms and weed, yeah, really did the shit.
1: What do you do as a comedian? I mean, now you're working so unbelievably hard. When you do have those off days, um, because we're human beings, damn it, we're not and, your monkeys. Uh, we're not your your monkeys. Although we're gonna get into some stories where you literally had to do something to survive on the subway, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite stories that you could ever tell. <laughs> Um, so what do you do now? You're working with. Uh, you just got. A, can we talk about the set that you just got off of? Yeah, I okay. think so.
0: I'm, I, I want to talk about the plot, but I just did. A, I just did a movie called uh, Dirty Grandpa, or that's a working title called Dirty Grandpa with uh, Robert De Niro and Zac Efron.
1: Zac Efron, Robert De Niro. Uh, De Niro these two unbelievable. Oh, I mean, I'm going to say De Niro is an unbelievable superstar, and Zephron, uh and Efron is uh, quickly becoming one. He's doing great, and he's, he's great. He's a buff dude. He's really awesome to work with. He is really cut. Right.
0: Yeah, tiny waist, tiniest waist I've ever seen on a man.
1: Mm, dreamboat. Yeah. I he's love it.
0: And he's got yeah, he's got a good rump on him.
1: You've worked with Leonardo DiCaprio in mm-hmm. the past?
0: I worked with Christopher Walken, Sharon Stone, yeah, Alicia Silverstone.
1: And you got to kiss Sharon Stone. Yeah. A kiss
0: Sharon Stone.
1: How was that experience?
0: God, so I got so big for her.
1: Good dude, very good.
0: <laughs> no, she had her kid with her.
1: Oh, that's a cock block and a half.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a, and that got cut out of the movie apparently. And her so kid, because the kid kept the running yeah. on set. No, but she would like they, her kid was like running around. I don't know if I should even tell the story. This kid was running around like Video Village, and she was just mm. kind of whatever. But between takes, she'd be like, "This time, when you kiss me, I want you to do it like you really want to fuck me. <laughs> like you really want to fuck." And I was just like, oh, I, oh, have this, "I have been, I have been sharing." This Sharon. is soda. <laughs> uh, you're looking really good today. <laughs> you know, just slowly
1: became nine year old me. What do you do? Uh, uh, can we discuss what uh, De Niro's technique seemed to be off the um, off camera? I don't know he what his technique. Be... I don't think he. You know, he seemed to be a little bit older though. And then you step on camera, and he's on. He's obviously
0: he's seventy four years old, right. So he's like very cold. He's like oh, he's a, he's kind of just an older man. He looks right. very like he just looks like it off camera. But then as soon as he steps in front of a camera, his whole body changes. He becomes a fucking. He's, he becomes Robert. De Niro. He becomes Robert De Niro. He's inc- it's incredible.
1: It's incredible to watch. What advice would you give to the people then? Because obviously, again, we all go through life. Things and life is not exactly the nicest thing uh, all the time to a person uh, that is currently kind of stru- trying to struggle through it. How do you um, get into character? What 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 moment do you realize, like, okay, the cameras are on. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be happy, fun Henry Zebrowski or whatever the role calls for, and forget about your actual life problems.
0: That's the idea. I mean, that's that's literally. That's literally what acting is. Right. Is that you just have to like... I I don't know how to put it. It's You just kind of connect. You look in somebody's eyes. The idea is that like you have to like uh, connect with somebody's eyes. You have to listen actually to what they're saying. Uh, Now years of doing it, it's become like a muscle. You just kind of do it. So now I can kind of perform whatever the fuck it is that's going on in my life. I can just step on to a stage or step in front of a camera and do my job as competently as As I physically can. I'm learning every year I learn how little I know. Yeah. Um, And also starting to realize that acting is is a lot simpler as you get better at it. Because I started watching people and you look at like Robert De Niro and stuff like that. And um, James Marsden. I just did a movie with James Marsden and Jack Black. And James Marsden's kind of the same way where it's like it looks like they're not doing very much. It's like very, very simple. And they they don't move around a lot. And literally it's like they don't move their face. They don't move their eyes. And they just, but it reads so beautifully on a camera.
1: Yeah. It's great. What were some of the more physical things you've ever done? Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell, the show on Adult Swim. It uh, airs at midnight, right? Well, it's I, I don't know yet. The new season comes out in July. And this will be, uh, this is the second season, and it's uh, double the amount of episodes of yes. the first. So yes, it's almost yes. like three seasons. Yes. Uh, two seasons in one season. For this, the amount of makeup that you wear, Henry, it seems uh, claustrophobic. It seems like it would drive me nuts. There's one time I got put in a full uh, face mace- uh, makeup was for a murder fist sketch where I played a giant monster that murdered you to death uh, mm-hmm. with an axe as you were dressed as Santa Claus. And it was one of the greatest experiences of my life. You can Google that. Uh, you can find that on YouTube. I believe it's under the Butweiser, uh Christmas um, special or card or something like that. Um, but you. So, what is the makeup process for your pretty face? Is going to hell because they make you into a red demon, full horns. I feel like they put a fat suit on you, even. Or is that just authentic?
0: That's my body. Okay. That's good. my body. Okay. <laughs> um, I. <laughs> it's about an hour in, an hour out. Uh, they coat me in this uh, alcohol-based paint. And I, you know what? I don't even know. It's. A, I'm not at a point where it's. It, it is highly uncomfortable. But the way I kind of put it, when we were shooting it. Is that if I were to see another actor doing this job, yeah, uh, I would be pissed off, right? I would be like, "Why is it not me? Why am I not doing it?" I'm kind of built to handle it because of yeah. my years of doing *Murderfist*. We've done so many insane, intense shows where there never should have been a show, and in all different circumstances and all this stuff. You kind of have to be—I uh, just like not to toot your own horn, but you have to be kind of rugged you're gonna to have to be pretty hardcore to do it all the time because your skin falls off it's right. very uncomfortable but what it does as an actor is it's it's so much easier because you look in the mirror and you're somebody else right. you are and it's literally the mask and it's like the guy Shane Morton who does all of the makeup is his genius is Atlanta genius who is a part of a close-knit group of special effects makeup artists in Atlanta that have a crazy shop Mm-hmm. It's it's all DIY. It's in this fucking old burnt out warehouse in a, in a in a paintball arena, yeah, and it's it's awesome. It's yeah, so crazy.
1: Atlanta has come up into being like uh, this little Hollywood, and mm-hmm. uh, it seems like one of the best places to go and make a film right now or be, uh, it's be Wild a star West of a television there. show. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's fantastic. But you no, know, he's he's like a true Satanist. We talk about Satanist yeah. principles all the time. We talk about using magic uh, with acting, about yeah. acting, it, like actors are the last true magicians. You cha- You change your shape, literally, by putting makeup on, and you become somebody else, and
1: yeah, you know. Well, you go back to, uh, to Murder Fist. Murder Fist is a sketch group that's been around for, what, 12 years now? Yeah, almost 12. and uh, that Almost st- 13. That started in FSU. And a lot of people have this illusion, uh, this delusion that, uh, you know, actors are, uh, they got the easy life. You know, a lot of plumbers and a lot of people who work in, uh,
0: it depends you know, on what automa-
1: you- in automotives. So people who have, uh, you know, traditional jobs will often complain, oh, they just got to go out there and act like an idiot first, you know, whatever. They think that the movie takes the amount of the amount of uh, length to film as it did for them to watch. You know, they have this idea that, yeah. like, I, I, it was 90 minutes of work they just did. Mm-hmm. I, what, I, mm-hmm. I worked 80 hours a week. I'm making 60 grand a year. This guy's a multimillionaire. You know, but the actual work of going into a movie um, is something that is extremely exhausting and I like the fact that you're so authentic and none of this stuff has come easy for you despite un- your unbelievable talent. You would have thought it would have come easy for you, but Murder Fist is as o- as authentic a uh, sketch group, a uh, performer, uh, a group of performers as it comes. What was one of the uh, most bizarre uh, times You've had to perform with Murder Fist on a stage um, where you're just like, there's no way in hell we should go on stage right now. But I'm sure someone like Ed Larson from the Round Table of Gentlemen was like, oh, we got to do it.
0: Oh, there's so many. There's so many stories like that. There's, I mean, we've told the story a thousand times. So there's the story about us performing in a roving U-Haul truck. Sure, that we was did with that Kurt Bronner. Which was awesome. We got got. got Cut really bad. It was right. house was hammered. Um, we did a twelve-hour show. We did twelve hours straight of material. Um,
1: the twelve-hour show was amazing. Marcus Parks and I were there. Marcus from last podcast on the left, and a whole series of other shows, Top Hat and Roundtable as well. Um, we were there. We got to watch the entire thing, and we got extremely intoxicated. And we were in charge of merchandise, so a lot of people... we lost
0: a lot of cash that night. Yeah,
1: um, I'm <laughs> not going to say it was all our far- fault. All our, our fault. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All our faults. Uh, because the shirts were V-neck and V-necks were not selling that season. No. no. Twelve-hour show, Henry. And um, at this point, you were about seventy-five pounds heavier than what you are now. Yeah,
0: probably, probably like forty pounds heavier. Yeah. And than that, I, am now. I
1: mean, that was a physical. Can you do that again?
0: I don't. I will never choose to do that again. Right. If I if I if I if I could choose to not do it again, I, I will choose to not do that again. Mm-hmm. It is. It was one of the most intense physical experiences of my life.
1: And you were in pretty much every sketch and every one of the murder fist sketches that Henry is in. An, uh in particular, tends to be relatively high octane.
0: Yes, it is. I was in 89 out of 110 sketches. Jesus Christ. And it was intense.
1: So, with those experiences going uh, you
0: But know. You see, there's lots of and, you know, and then we've done crazy warehouse shows, right. and we've done shows at six o'clock in the morning. We've done shows in like every single type of venue, every type of bar. We've done shows outside. We did a show at BAM, where we got heckled.
1: I was there. I Real hosted early. that show. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. remember that. <laughs> <laughs> they we thought did a you whole were sk- racist, Ooh. but They just didn't hear all the words that weren't racist.
0: Well, the thing is, we did a sketch that was about getting AIDS from a gay drifter. I had to do this whole speech about how I got AIDS from a gay drifter as it were my rehearsal dinner speech as a father. And as I said the words in the back, I heard AIDS isn't funny.
1: And, and it well, just uh,
0: silence, dead silence. And I just sat there oh just like, man. oh, fuck, how do you yes. come back? It's not even just like someone being like, you're fat, because then you can yeah. be like, you're fat. Because what do you say? You go like, it is funny. right? I mean, it is funny. You listen to it and you'll see.
1: Right, right. Yeah. I was back there, my brother and his husband uh, and I watched that uh, entire debacle from the back. And my brother... Um, you know, him and Don obviously have lost people to AIDS. And Don looked at me and said, Well, you know, it can be kind of funny. <laughs> it can be. Because when you actually lose people to AIDS, you find the silver lining in their experience.
0: But it's also just a thing. It's just, it's a sketch.
1: It's a sketch. So you, uh, that, but bam, no, I was
0: built, yeah. yeah so through, through all those years, I was kind of built to do uh, Pretty Face. That kind of helped. That kind of right. gave me the battle scars. I
1: took to do it. I mean, authentic. It's not just, you're not Brian Williams' daughter. And we can talk about Brian Williams. That whole family is full of lies. She didn't even get her butt actually eaten. I heard there was a wax over her butthole and the man never got to lick it. You can't
0: actually lick someone's asshole on a television
1: show. Oh, that's acting. That's acting. That's acting. No, Mm. yeah. But she was so, because I saw the interview and she was all squeamish about it. I'm sure that she was. I mean, I would have. I would have said no. I turned down an audition or a. Uh, or someone wanted to cast me in a sketch recently, but they wanted my shirt off, and I lost five hundred dollars because I said nay.
0: No, no, you got to take your shirt off. You got to get your ass eaten. We are an actor. <laughs> there is no such thing as shame, as an actor. Yeah, it is a part that is written. If you, it's like. So what are you going to do? It's like yes, if you were going to say like, oh, it's not in my character or to get my asshole eaten <laughs> out, and it's just like <laughs> fuck you. This is girls. All right, you got. Right. You got Doggy Tits, who's the lead, who's in charge of the whole thing, right? She's right. naked everything.
1: <laughs> Lena Dunham, yeah. a.k.a. Doggy Tits. She's okay. showing
0: her pussy in every
1: episode, which I
0: think is fo- I think it's great. I think it's right. great.
1: I think it's all. It's like no. I mean, I I think that I am very proud of Lena Dunham for showing her breasts. I know exactly what she looks like because I had to have sex with women that looked like that for decades. Yeah, and she so seems like that. a
0: fun, interesting person. You I could love See her. how you'd have you absolutely sure. you'd have sex with her. But it's just like your character's experience It's like there shame in acting is is such a like that pride, that thing of like oh I couldn't possibly do that. It's just like fuck you because right. there there is a thousand people who do it in a heartbeat. I need to do it for real. Just right. to make it. Like they would just yeah. be like, You dug pull down my panties, lick my asshole. I'll shit in her mouth ma- I'll shit in his mouth. I'll shit in his mouth <laughs> to be on the show. Like if you let me do that.
1: So today you're reading for a new pilot. It's called Two Girls, One Cup. Let's do this. Um, all right. So what you're gonna do is eat a bunch of laxative and then shit in a cup.
0: You ready? Actually, let me just read the script one more time <laughs> so I say what do I say I say no ooh words. I say, okay <laughs>
1: oh there's no, <laughs> no Can improv- I do some improv? Yeah. Improv- ooh it's coming
0: out. I'm pooing now. Ooh I'm pooing.
1: Henry is naked a lot on stage and as a matter of fact the man who runs uh, your pretty Face is going to hell who was uh, behind the very uh, successful um, the, the thing that just I, went viral on YouTube. And too, the, many too Many Cooks. Too Many Cooks.
0: Casper Kelly wrote Too Many Cooks yes. and directed Too Many Cooks. And then Dave Willis, who's my other boss, created Aqua and uh, squidbillies. And
1: if you would look at Dave Willis's office, apparently I've got i I've got some word from the inside. It looks like Matthew McConaughey from uh, True Detective. Although it's not pictures of death uh, with uh, you know thumbtacks and random strings connecting the dots. It's just pictures of Henry's naked body. Oh, covering yes. his wall. Well, it's because- as because if it's some young boy uh, from 1988 who has Playboy penthouse and uh, and a uh, hustler pictures all over his bedroom room, so he can come looking in all directions. <laughs> <laughs> the care
0: it's based off a of, there's an episode with that I don't want to talk I can't talk details on it, but um my ass is featured very heavily in the ah. episode. And I, I'm not in makeup because
1: it's like a it's Is like it a getting thing. eaten by Brian Williams' daughter because oh, that would bring yeah. the whole thing full circle. Oh yeah. Speaking of that, by the way, yeah, Brian Williams' daughter needs to take it easy. One of our personal favorite films, Human Centipede, those actors were, were ass to mouth for multiple hours. Multiple hours. They Absolutely. needed to be given an Oscar for that. They got snubbed. Just didn't get the traction that they
0: wanted. <laughs> no. You know what I mean? It just didn't get the buzz. Because the thing is, you know how it is. You got to get those SGA's yeah. first. You got to be nominated for a DGA. You got to get nominated <laughs> for a Golden Globe. You have to work your way up th- the chain.
1: Right. Yeah. It starts with a rim job, and then it goes up. Yeah. From they there.
0: didn't even get a Golden Bear from Cannes. <laughs> oh. I don't know if that's the term. I think that's <laughs> Jack Nicholas's nickname, right? The yeah. Arnold
1: Palmer. One of the golfers, yeah, the old maybe maybe Jack Nicholson, Jack Nichols. I don't Jack know. Jack I, don't Nich- know. Nah, I don't know. I don't. I know nothing about golf. Yeah, golf is but, uh, for yeah. fucking put the ball in the hole. And the black guy's doing good now, <laughs> but I don't even think he is doing good. So that's even a dated <laughs> reference. I, he's doing bad. So that's not good. So your butthole is featured extensively in uh, in the uh, episode if your pretty face is going to hell. Yes. I can't wait to watch that episode. Mm. I'm going to watch it with both eyes wide open.
0: <laughs> it's going to be great. Anything
1: It'll be anything you've ever been asked to do on stage or uh, on screen that you had real reservation? Because I mean at this point you've pretty much exposed every single inch of your body. Maybe it's something physical, maybe I mean is there anything that you could be like you know, just like tell tell us about your tell us about your love of something, and you're just like, I can't go into that. I'll break down emotionally.
0: I mean, sadly, you can't really bring up to anybody how much you like anime. <laughs> I think that's a that is something you can. I cannot fully express that I do enjoy anime to anyone because really, I'm currently single, and that's gonna keep me single.
1: There's a lot of gals who are into anime. I would assume
0: you gotta. I don't know what the how that works.
1: I'm not sure if you want to be with them. I would. Yeah,
0: I would. The yeah. Second, if they'd have me. But I think there's a lot there's a lot of barriers there. Um because the countries, they're in Japan. Yes. That's where yes, the normal yes, yes, ones yes. are. They're right. in Japan where it's normal to watch anime. Where here it's a fringe thing. Yeah. Um But no, um I will say uh, to toot my own horn a tiny bit. Do it. I had a, my first acting teacher when I was 18, uh, was a man named John Dagan, who recently passed uh at Florida State. He was a great like, ornery old fucker. Yeah. He was great. Mean, old teacher, but he was Mm hyper-honest. That was that thing. He's like, you know, in acting school, everybody's getting broken down. The idea is that everyone's going to cry, and then eventually you find, like, because the whole point is to be able to accurately portray yourself, and it takes years of
1: training to do that. I mean, it seems it's very standard. Uh, It's very classic. Um, molding of a human being, the same thing that if you wanted to go and become a Marine, you would do. But yeah, they break of, somebody down you, and then rebuild it, them. Right. Instead of the 25-hour walk that you have to do, or 24-hour walk you have to do with the log and eight of your buddies, you know, just to make it to day two, you have to get uh, poked and prodded and your underbreast lifted and spray-tanned and a whole series the of whole different- A whole series of things. Yeah.
0: But he said, uh, he's like, Henry, he stood me up in the middle of class and he's like, Henry's got the greatest attribute that I've ever seen in an actor. He's just like, it's he has no shame. He doesn't care. He cannot be embarrassed. And I was like, that is what my dad did to me because my dad was right. so in- insanely embarrassing growing up. Like, just that's how it, it always was like for years. Anytime I did everything, anything publicly, he'd be in the background going, that's my son. That's my son. <laughs> and he was going around like, you know, that's my son, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember when he didn't have any hair on his, on his dick, you know, right. just saying horrible things. And so I've learned now that that's, that's what you that you got to roll through it. You got to do whatever." You're an actor. You're no not shame. you anymore. You're but, somebody else. So if, they're, if that, if that character is doing something that you wouldn't necessarily agree with, it's like, yeah, of
1: course. Right. But now you happen to be a very talented person, though. So, I mean, the other side of that is you do need to be able to be smart enough to realize when... You have to have some shame when the person is like for a two girls, one cup or for like a casting couch situation.
0: Well, I, my shame is different. My shame is just it's it's certain things where it's like I can't say a joke I don't believe in. Like I will right. change it and I will do what I can to make it honest for me. Uh, I'm, I say no to the things that I don't like.
1: And you were able to do that quite a bit. You got some uh, some car blanche on the NBC show A to Z. Your character Stu, you pretty much rewrote. Every single piece of dialogue he was given.
0: I got to do a lot of. They they kept a lot of like my tags. They yeah. kept a lot of stuff because that's that was the idea. Is that you? You they hired me because this is my set of skills. This is this is what I do. I, I improv. So they, it's great. It's a great thing when they already know that when yeah. you walk in and they're like this guy improvs, It's it's kind of cool because they give you a lot of room to do whatever. Right.
1: And th- I don't think that's something that's given to a lot of people because would you say the ABC or the NBC? sitcom A to Z, was that the, um, that was the the peak sort of, I mean, obviously you did Wolf of Wall Street with Martin Scorsese, Leonardo DiCaprio, but for television, this is your first network sitcom that's airing on Thursdays. Like, it's over you know, at now. Eight. It's, it's done open. now, yeah. right? Yeah, it's over now. But I mean, how was that mental process going from, you know, you've obviously worked your way up you know, uh, through the steps, but it still had to be sort of a shell shock to be like, Jesus Christ, every Thursday my face is going to be on national television. I won't say I don't love being on
0: TV because right. I'm an attention whore and all actors are attention. Like, it's the idea, we're all attention whores. It's oh, yeah, absolutely. Is, like, I like the attention, but it's definitely a, it's very intense. Yeah. We, luckily, I had a thing with A to Z is that everybody that was involved in A to Z was very down to earth and nobody gave a shit about all the trappings and like, the, the this. there's a gigantic mechanism. I think that's the problem with people who get on network television shows they kind of get sucked into the lifestyle right they kind of get sucked into all of the, the the fame machine and all the 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 stuff the perks that come with it outside of the work but really dealing with a bunch of people like it was we kind of got very close because we were all it was all new to us we none of us had done a real network thing before i mean feldman did Uh, Mad Men which was gave him a crazy amount of cred and he's incredible on the show Mm -hmm. but then and then Kristen did a bunch of like she's done you know she did How I Met Your Mother so she got to see a little bit of it but this is the first time like they were carrying a thing Right. When I was there, it's my biggest position I've ever had. But what it d- what it did was kind of normalize everything. Once you kind of go through the network TV process, it becomes it's a little bit like the TV factory. It becomes like a a real job. It becomes right. less than like you be, you're not worried about the glitz and glam. It's just like oh, I got to get there at eight o'clock. It became really like perfunctory. You're yeah, just- the
1: plumber now. You're just the electrician going to work. Yeah, you're but guy it's who great. works for Con Ed. Right,
0: which is awesome because then what it is is that you really get to just kind of apply your skills. and in a way that is uh, open and awesome and and there's no there's no pretense to it. There's no like right. because the show wasn't doing very well also, we had no uh, real eyeballs on us. So we were doing whatever we wanted. We had a great time. We just I, laughed all day.
1: I think it's a great show. My brother, it was so funny. He sent me a text message about a month ago, and I think it was about a month after the show had been officially cancer- canceled, saying, "Ben, I'm just watching Henry on A to Z. It's my new favorite show. And I was like, it's been canceled. He said, what? Well, I mean, technically, we're still not yet canceled. Okay. But
0: I'm I'm already doing another thing. Feldman's doing another thing. Chris is doing another thing. Lenora's doing another thing. Yeah. So it's like, what's one it's thing, pretty much.
1: If you're in theater school right now or somebody who wants to go into acting or just a, an everyday person who's interested in the uh, next question I'm going to ask, what's something that is com- that acting school can't prepare you for? What's one of the... Um, what was one of the more eye-opening experiences that you're just like, oh shit, this is the business,
0: the entire business? Yeah, acting school does not prepare you for the entire business.
1: Do you think the acting school should probably put a little business class in there yes. every now and again and let I, kids know how to actually make money doing
0: it? There's things that they need to know how to do. It, it's it's, what is one it's of those all about things? hustle. I mean, I I don't even, I can't even begin to learn, list the the hard lessons I did. It's like honestly, my my tried and true. It's it's you, you don't go to school for acting. You just go yeah. do it. You move to New York. You move to L.A. You start throwing yourself in the scene. You start putting yourself on stage. You start doing stuff. That's how we learned because it's like right. everything I have learned about, like I learned emotional connection. I learned how to do script analysis and stuff like that. But you can do that with just straight up acting classes in in, the, in any city where you are. You, can you go could take
1: YouTube an, it at this point. Yeah, or there's just Google Doc it. There's so
0: yeah. many resources to learn how to do the artistic side and also go deal with somebody like you know. There's good acting coaches everywhere and you pay them money and and they'll help you they'll teach you how to do all the script breakdowns and stuff like that but there is a there the business is everything it's like how to do your taxes as an actor Uh, like what you do like it's stuff like here's a list of 15 jobs that you can do in order to make quick money as an actor you know like there's it's you know Yes, you can work it as a bartender, but there's also like, how do you get a job as a substitute teacher? How do you get a job right. as like? It's like all these other things that you can do, right? You know, like temping. How do how to work out It's like everything that we did coming to New York when we all just picked, we just packed up and moved to New York. Yep. We had no idea what we were doing, and. And just kind of learn it the hard way a lot. You have lot. to jump
1: in. Yeah, I came here with 1500 bucks, no place to stay. By the next day, I had uh, a place to stay and no money, and I was bar backing with a bunch of Mexicans and having a good old time drinking in the freezer with them. Yeah. You know? And you're built for
0: drinking in a... In a, in a- <laughs> freezer with a bunch of barbacks oh yeah that's your lifestyle we had a
1: great time i didn't understand a damn word that they said they didn't understand anything that i said which is ironic because it just led to a lot of laughter yeah and usually uh humor comes from understanding someone's language or you just stare at each other and laugh (laughs) and that is that is good times
0: um no it's you know being an actor is it's kind of making it up as you go you just kind of have to figure out you have to be really open you have to be really open and say yes to everything. Even if at the very beginning, it has to be even if it's hyper embarrassing and you don't want and you don't want to do it.
1: I want to say uh, I am reminded now of one audition. It's the only audition I can think of uh, that you chose to turn down, and it involved an idol of mine, and I would assume of yours as well, Mike, and probably yours as well, Howard Stern. Yes. And it was airing during the Super Bowl, and it was uh, a big
0: Super Bowl commercial.
1: It was for uh, America's Got Talent, I yes. believe. Yes. And uh, basically, the script called for a fat loser comedic it, type. All
0: it said on the when the original breakdown yeah. it said normal man, but it's what it said. It said normal man. I says okay. But
1: do you think normal is code for like normal fat yeah. American? Yeah, man? what I do. Yeah. That's
0: why I was going in
1: right. It's just like normal American man.
0: But then I showed up and I looked at the script breakdown, which it had put into the the email, and the script breakdown said um, fat. Loser in tutu gets sprayed with fire hose. Right, and I was like, I'm not doing this. Right, I will not. I will not do this. I and, put my foot down.
1: And what? And uh, you put your foot down there. And what work had you done previously where it gave it gave you enough confidence to say, I'm not going to get sprayed by a fire hose from from Howard Stern because this is going to no way uh, improve my uh, career.
0: I just had already done a bunch of. I'd done a couple of national commercials, and yeah. I had already done Michael. Michael have issues. I had already done a bunch of guest spots on on. TV shows. I'd already, like, I was already in a movie. Right. And so it's like, I don't need to do this. It's like, there's a lot of things I can do. Because also, it was just a Super Bowl spot. It ran three times. Right. And I was like, again, tell me that it's a national commercial that's guaranteed to go, that's going to be uh, like national with print attached touch to it and like digital attached to it, where you could make like fifty thousand dollars for six hours of work, and I would have done it in a heartbeat. Right.
1: But it's like, no, I'm not doing this. But even so, I mean, an eighteen year old uh, Henry Zabrowski would have been like, I'm in a Super Bowl commercial with I would Howard it in Stern. A yeah, I wouldn't. I don't care if it was water or Dookie or just a whole bunch of different kind of executive urine.
0: Oh, the first I job. Be, yeah. The first job I ever had was I went on Craigslist because it's like pretty much that's kind of how it all went. I was just sick. I had been laid off from my job. I was just looking at it. So I was like, how do I do this? Like, we had just gotten, uh, it was before we had gotten a manager uh, as a sketch group. So I was just like, um, I went on Craigslist and it was like looking for hairy men. And I literally went and I applied. I said, I'm Harry. I sent a picture of my my chest hair. And then I did oh, an episode God. of Silent Library where I was one of the punishments on Silent Library. Which Silent is- Library
1: was a show on MTV based off a Japanese game show where kids had to sit silently as they were getting, for for the most part, doing what Jackie did to her, to freshmen in her high school, getting their vaginas twazzed and their dicks tingled a little yeah,
0: bit. Yeah, yeah. And uh, my, my, the punishment was that I wore a sausage suspender. Suspenders made out of cooked sausage. And if they lost, they had to eat them
1: off of me. So you, you, were, the, you were the disgusting I was, human plate. Yes. The hairy I plate. I was disgusting.
0: But, it was like, but I got paid 250 bucks. That was my first acting check. Right. And then you start learning stuff. You start figuring it out. And then I got a manager. And then... Uh, uh, I got a job doing Michael, Michael Have Issues, and that right. changed everything. Michael
1: and Michael Have Issues was a, a great Comedy Central show with uh, Michael Showalter and Michael Ian Black, and yeah. uh, they had issues. They did. But one of them was not Henry Zebrowski. Mm-mm. That's great.
0: It was one of their employees.
1: Yes, and of course, uh, Dan St. Germain. Uh, the uh, great comedian. He ended up taking. He the got job that part that, uh, the, 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 for getting the sprayed down uh, by Howard Stern. So hurt it, his
0: knee to a point where he had to go to physical therapy. He yeah. fell down because he got hit too hard with the fire hose. They literally but just gave, sprayed fat people with a fire hose. But he so. was literally just like, well, I didn't really worry about it because they gave me a bump every extra time they hit me." There so it's just like he was just like they would give him a little extra money every time they hit him with the fire hose right. more than once. It was great. <laughs> this
1: business is beautiful it's a it's a glorious business there's no doubt about it whatsoever what was your favorite role so far Who was one of your favorite people to perform with i know when you did uh wolf of wall street that is of course about uh, jordan Belfort, who is a man who probably should be in prison for 300 400 years um but he's out now and he's wealthy once again and he's I be- doing great i just saw him on cnbc telling people how to invest their money and i was just but he did that once before and then everyone lost a lot of money oh yeah I know when you got to meet, you actually got to meet Jordan Belfort in real life. And uh, so it was a bit of like a world's colliding because, again, you're a working class actor. You come from nothing. You went through the the ranks and now you're in the face of really somebody I know you quite well. In my personal opinion, this should be someone that you despise. You don't like people who are dishonest and you don't like people who make money off of the work of other people. But, but there's something so about fun.
0: him. No, you know what? No, I mean... How do, you, how do you put this? I was hungover. I was in Leo DiCaprio's apartment. Right. He was giving us the speech. He was doing the wolf speech at us. And he The did wolf it. speech
1: that he did uh, during the movie Wolf of Wall Street that Jordan Belfort used to do to all the people in his uh, yes. company. Yes, and he's
0: teaching us how to do it. He's going through it. And we sat there for four and a half hours, and he did not stop talking once. He Leo was, didn't? No, no, Jordan. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he was just moving, 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 moving. He is a wall of energy. Yeah. And intensity, and so it's like it's just more like a. This guy's a lot to deal with. It's like this is a. I w- he would have bowled me over. I know why. It's because it's like I'm. A, I'm just like me and my dad are kind of like that. We're just like I'm a born rube. It's yeah. like if you push me, I'll end up. It's like I'm a very bad customer. I I'll do, I'm very good. I'm I'm a pushover. Yeah, and at and one he, point he took
1: out a wad of cash.
0: That's what they were doing. He was just like, All right, you fuckers, you wanna live this lifestyle? Let's let me show you how this lifestyle. He's just like, You ever see he was like, you pointed at me, he's like, Have you ever seen what twenty thousand dollars looks like? And I was like, No. <laughs> and he just took out a wad of cash and threw it all over the table. Like, so it's like twenty thousand dollars. He just threw it out, and then right. Leo went and popped a bunch of uh, bottles of champagne. So we're sitting right. there drinking Dom while he's just like playing with the money and he's just like, You've gotta be get it you gotta get addicted to this lifestyle. There's like this is this is right. the whole thing, I said he was like he would basically his his goal was to convince his people to make a bunch of money and then spend all of it so that it drives the addiction to the lifestyle that will keep them making money. You have right. to make sure that their lifestyles are so huge and inflated that if they don't keep up the cycle like he's like you got to make sure your wife is so high that as soon as you lose your job she'll leave you. So yeah, you have yeah. to keep your job. <laughs> you know, it's like, like all this shit, it's, pr- it's pretty crazy.
1: With all the great comedians and uh, and actors and, and people like Jordan that you've met, Martin Scorsese. What's one of the, what's a, couple, a few of the intangibles that you've noticed? Maybe that goes throughout all of them. What's something that really is a something that you can point to and be like, that is why those people are successful.
0: Um, I think it's I think it's a clarity of purpose. I think it's a I think it's not compromising. I, I, it's a thing that I, I I've sort of learned through doing murderfist, which is like this thing we always talk about how like a broken like a broken clock's always right twice. Right. That if you have a style and you have a thing that you do, there will always eventually, and especially if only you can do it, right, there will be a time for it, whether it's when you're 20 or if it's your 50. And these are guys who just made their time happen. They they are very particular, um, and they are very. Burp button.
1: God, yeah.
0: They are very particular, and they are very. I don't know how to put it. It's just they're. They are pillars, right? They are pillars, so they stand. Whatever, like if the floods come and the winds come, they are always like, I am sure of purpose. I have a. That takes years of struggle
1: to get. Will they have the confidence to be able to be that pillar?
0: It's confidence, and it's a bit of advice I got a long time too. It's that it's a very tail end of that, which is the idea of like always behave as if you've been there before, where right. nothing's a surprise and nothing's impressive, and that the idea is that you are always present mm-hmm. and and bouncing with it, and that's what they all do. They're all just unstoppable. Like it's it's I think maybe that's an American thing too. It's 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 kind of a the, no matter what happens, they can roll with it.
1: You know what? I I wish it was more of an American thing now. I think it used to be a, an American thing. Now I think it's a Russian thing. Yeah, the Russians are just the Russians, and they'll <laughs> never not be the Russians. That you know exactly what you're going to get when you go to the uh, when you when you when you uh, you know research Russia when you hear Vladimir Putin speak, you're like that is Vladimir Putin.
0: Yeah. Also, no everybody what. I've met who's truly great uh, has a really great sense of humor about themselves. Yeah. Well,
1: about themselves. Yeah. So you can kind of joke around with them and stuff like that. They know. But see, that's the one thing that I think is so difficult for entertainers, myself uh, particularly. um uh, It's because as children, all you want to do is make people happy, right? So you kind of go with their sense of humor. So you have to be able to, like, that's the one thing about comedians that people don't understand. Everyone thinks that they're funny, but comedians are like pro athletes. Bo Jackson could have been a pro athlete in every single sport that ever existed in the history of mankind. Yes. He's an athlete, right? He chose football, he chose baseball, because those are the two things at his disposal, and uh, it worked out for him well. True athletes can play any sport, and they can do it. Steve Nash, an amazing soccer player, would be a professional soccer player, uh, Player, no doubt about it, if he didn't choose basketball. Comedians, they have to be able to do dark humor, blue humor. Um, I actually you know, don't even humor. think that's
0: the truth anymore. I don't think people, it's different. We came from a different older school. It's like I, I've always like kind of described myself as a, as a vaudevillian. Right. It's like my idea is that I, I b- want that skill set, which is that I can do any type of humor in any type of situation, but I think there's way more specialization going on. Uh, and that's why you see like camps. There's like comedy cliques—the th- people who all do the same stuff, like the Apatow crew, right. the Will Ferrell crew, and now the Tina Fey and Amy Poehler crew, and like that whole thing. It's like they are—they all kind of do the same thing. That right. group, and it's a little more difficult for the outlier now uh, than it used to be. I think what it, I think comedy used to be sort of a land of a—it was like a, a bunch of rogues together. A bunch of lone wolves all kind of doing different stuff, and they would kind of meet in the middle somewhere. Mm-hmm. But now everyone's kind of a part of some clique. Um, is that good or bad? I don't know. I don't know. Because if you're not in the clique, then you don't get into those that level of work. And right now, the business is so afraid of not making money and losing money. Things have become so bloated. There's so much money in, in, in involved in making movies nowadays that they are afraid of any sort of risk, Right. and so it's very difficult for them to put money on a new kid coming up unless they show up with a hit accidentally, and then they're ready to buy them. And then they're like, "We want one. We want one like you, and we want twenty more like you." It's like, yeah. but until that happens, it's very difficult to break in, especially to get a big comedy, to get like a big thing. It's like the movie I just did was a big comedy, but they they took from everywhere, which I actually didn't expect. It was like right. there was like. It was a bunch of different scenes of comedians were in this movie, which is actually why I think this Dirty Grandpa movie is actually going to be very funny, is because there are a lot of disparaging styles, yeah, which I think is cool.
1: Yeah, Zac Efron, Dirty Grandpa, that'll yeah. be exciting.
0: That was gonna be fun.
1: I can't believe it. The amount of people you've been able to work with, it's so unbelievable and so amazing.
0: It's weird, and I'm still, you know, yeah, I'm still not like. I don't know if I'm technically successful. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, it's still a thing where it's like, I still got to dig really hard to get a part. I have to go and, and really go for it and really work to get right. it. I prepare. I have to audition really well. I don't waltz in anything. So it's just so funny. I, I was thinking about the other day. I was just like, my list of people I've worked with is like nuts. But right. I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm still uh, nobody. <laughs> I'm still absolutely nobody, <laughs> which is funny. And I just like, all right, well, I'll just have all these stories.
1: For forever. It's unbelievably difficult to break through, and that's why we were having a conversation at a bar... Last night, because that's where Henry and I have conversations. Yes, uh, or two nights ago, and we were talking about last podcast on the left, and uh, you know just how much pride we take in the fact that it came from literally nothing, with no marketing. Nobody gave a shit. No, no. one was listening to that show. Not And then whatsoever. all of a sudden,
0: we have over like we're we're getting close to a hundred thousand listeners a week.
1: Yeah, occasionally we bump up to even four hundred thousand. Sometimes the numbers have been there. You know, we're constantly in iTunes, and something something like that is all, is so uh, rewarding but when it me, comes from nothing. But that's
0: again the broken clocks right twice thing again which the idea is that if you have a style that only you can do you just keep hammering that style because eventually you're going to become perfect at it and then everything's going to align everything comes to a head where people are then excited to see something new cut through like as long as you stay authentic right and you you hold on to the things you like and the things that you are you think are funny eventually people will catch up to you Right. And it's it's a lot of it. It's I think that's a, the thing about young comedians right now. It's like if, if, if I can say anything to anybody is that. It's just like stay true to yourself and people will catch
1: up to you. Don't worry about moving with the crowd. Don't worry about moving with the crowd, but I will put a little caveat on that. People got to be laughing. You. They have to be laughing. They have to that's be laughing. That's That's the other thing, too, is
0: it's like you're talking, and I'm like literally, yeah. like I'll be generous to say three times out of ten, it's got to work. Right? Three times out of ten, got to go... Oh, I would say on. a little bit
1: more than that, but yeah. I'm just saying, like... Because
0: then you can see... It's like, I watched video of when we first moved to New York. We sucked. Right. But you could see in a couple of sketches, we're like, oh, we could be... Like, oh, that's where the gem is. That's where the little vein of real comedy is. It's right, it's right in there. And so... You have to be remotely sex successful in front of an audience,
1: right? So if it's you're
0: true. just eating shit all the time, talking about how 9/11 was a hologram and how your <laughs> girlfriend's a bitch, like you're not gonna make it.
1: You need to. I mean, find you might it. be my favorite comedian, but you're not gonna. <laughs> you're make You're not gonna
0: make it. So it's like you have to. So yes, it's learn from an audience. Right.
1: Have an audience be your teacher. So sort of the person is the lighthouse, and you want to make that light go as far as possible, but you can. But it has to stay true to itself it cannot the lighthouse isn't moving around you know lighting over areas that it has no uh you know uh place being i'm getting i'm getting it proven
0: to me every week yeah every week something else happens that is a, is a is a reiteration of that is the truth of don't fuck everybody else it's all about you being it's a being an american titan you know what yeah. I because mean? that's how that's where these like brands come from that's where like Tina Fey and like that's why these people who come become brands is because they went and they made something that only they can provide. So if they want right. something from you, they have to come to you to get it.
1: Right. Goals for the future. What do you want? Uh, Twenty fifteen or the uh, or the future afterwards. What. What's, what would be one thing that, uh, if it occurred to you, if it happened to you, I know we have a couple of screenplays out there.
0: I want us to make our movie. Um, That's what I, I want to make a movie. I want to make that was, movie. that
1: was for me, because uh, yeah. I would cry then. What would be, uh, other than the screenplay, anything else uh, that would just validate every single piece of work that you've ever done, all of your life experiences, what would be the number, what would be the, the tops?
0: I want Your Pretty Face to Go to Hell to be uh, successful. I want people yeah. to watch that show. I think that show is very good. I think it's I think it's a, it's a it's a style of comedy that is not on television right now. It's very genuine. Yeah. It's very uh but it's like jokey. The idea is that it's like we're doing a hyper what the first season was different. The first season was very office humory. But this second season that's coming out is like truly like vaudeville from hell. My character is like a putrid like Abbott, like Costello, like Lucas yeah, Costello. Yeah. And which is great, which I love. And it's just like we're mining What is very cliche, like, comedy personas, you know, like, you know, evil, like, you know, because we have an evil sidekick, evil guy, I'm, like, the fat, gullible one, and we got, like, a a boss, you, like, goes, like, oh, Gary. Right. But the bottom of it is so great because we're in a Hieronymus Bosch-type hellscape. So there's all this, you know, I'm just constantly getting raped. It's like all right. this stuff. where It's just like a giant spider. Like <laughs> forces eye. You know, it's just like it's like forces his eggs inside of us. So it's, like, so right, it's this right. great thing where it's like there's actual stakes. Yeah. Where it's like, yes, I'm a big idiot. No, he's a little bit too lovable to be a demon. But every once in a while, I get ripped apart by a bunch of gears. You know what I mean? Like it's all yeah, this yeah, shit yeah. happens that I'm just like, and then you'll see. We have scenes where I have to deal with the reality of it. Yeah. Where I'm just being like. Do you know what
1: I've been through? Like, I'll just like, <laughs> say something like that and it's just, like going to talk about. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fucked up. I just, I'm so sorry for you. It's pretty great. That's great. It seems like you guys read the comments that said more butthole. Yeah, more butthole. More, more Gary Butthole. Thank you. That's perfect. That's amazing. Of also, course,
0: you know, I'd like to make a million dollars, you know, so send yeah.
1: cash. Send cash. Oh, money. I want money so bad. Um, I'll tell you what, man, it fixes everything. It does. I don't care what anybody there was, says. Uh, it was so funny. Of course, that old saying, that money doesn't buy happiness, that nope. told people with money told poor people, because uh, if that was true, then we- wealthy people would have given their money to poor people, um, but the they first, didn't do that. They did not do that. No. You know
0: why? Because it's, it's not that I'm rich, but I'm definitely the first time in my life where I'm like not directly concerned about how I'm going to pay rent next month, right. and my life's- a million times
1: better Right 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 God right, right. it's so good
0: I it could re- buy jeans Yeah I could just go walk out And buy wow, a pair of jeans can?
1: Just shit like that Oh tell me what it's like it flips Henry.
0: me out man That's you amazing know? It's crazy I do can we- eat whatever I want Oh wow Any food Whatever mm. you know, I'll just go do it I don't give a shit
1: Doesn't matter dude You know, you know De Niro dude
0: I don't. I mean, I don't have his email or his phone number, but right, and he right. couldn't. M- he would maybe recognize Good. me if he saw me. Yes, we spent a couple of days together.
1: There you go. You know, that's perfect. And he like he hasn't met that many people in his life, so you're like on the top of his list of friends.
0: Gotta be Definitely. one of his favorites.
1: Him and Dave Willis both have just posters of you naked all oh, yeah. around their apartments. Me and Pesci, beautiful. His two
0: favorites. He'll, he said that to me.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness. I love it. The story that we didn't get to was a funny story where Henry was trapped on the subway and a group of people didn't want him to get off, and he was forced to do yeah, a Chris a bunch Farley of impression.
0: Sixteen-year-olds would yeah. let me off the train until I did a Chris Farley and, impression,
1: and he did it. So uh, comedy can save your life as well, it has uh, to. and it can also make you a lot of money, hopefully one day. And but you can't, you uh, can't save your life and it can't make you money unless you love it, unless you're smart enough um, to go out there and actually do it. And drop out of school, go to New York, go to L.A. Hell, maybe even Atlanta, and just do it.
0: I don't know if it's the same anymore as it was even just a couple of years ago, but I was just, you know, made my nut doing fucking internet videos, every single thing that came. I did plays, I did sketch, I did everything. You have to just throw yourself into it and uh, don't worry about uh, personal happiness for a couple of years.
1: That's right. And stay true to yourself as much as you possibly can. And in order to find out who you are, do a bunch of different experimental things, fail at them miserably or succeed at some of them as well. Do do some mushrooms. mushrooms. Uh, You know, not so much uh, like my friends in college. I had a couple of friends who did mushrooms every single day for two years, and then their house was all boarded up. Yeah, you I can't do that. Don't do that.
0: I'm talking about yeah.
1: Once a month, maybe four, six months, mu- maybe f- just spread it out. Once a year for like six years. Maybe. That's what you. That's yeah. what I would
0: do. Is a couple do a lot of mushrooms once a year, uh, and then or do the thing like we did when we just had that bag of mushrooms that we would just kind of casually eat mushrooms for <sighs> about three months. And I
1: haven't touched them since, and that makes me shiver.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, because yeah. you did disgusting things.
1: Well, I got into a little bit of money, and then I spent it like an idiot. Yes. So uh,
0: you yeah. bought two hundred eighty dollars worth of mushrooms. So that
1: was just hanging out a refrigerator for a good six months and then finally uh i finished off the batch thank god uh thank you so much for being here henry thank you
0: for taking me out of my home
1: Mm, yes no problem uh henry Zabrowski is in the sketch group murder fist and they perform what is it the first saturday of every month second saturday second uh the second saturday of every month at 11 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater here in New York City. Listen to the last podcast on the left on Cave Comedy Radio. And, of course, uh, go back there and petition NBC to bring A to Z back. Uh, Watch Street Or or don't. I don't think Henry wants it back. (laughs) No, no. But I will say, you know, like...
0: (laughs) It's not like I missed that money. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I'm not worried about uh,
1: that money being gone, so Uh, I'm doing fine. Watch uh, the past season of Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell so you can get caught up and get ready for the second season and watch Wolf of Wall Street. And uh, if you didn't know Henry Zabrowski before the movie, you'll be having a good time watching it now that you know that he is Sea Otter, um, one of the main uh, characters um, other than Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio is a pretty
0: big character. He was
1: a pretty big one, but you were right up there with him. Um, all right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Anything else, Henry? Any other uh, plugs? Anything going on?
0: Hail Satan every day.
1: That's right. We you could, know, let uh, Satan into your heart. You have to come back. I wanted to. Talk, uh, I would love to speak more with you about your personal relationship with Satan.
0: He's helped me through everything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we can do a whole other hour on that. Yep. All right, everyone. Thanks I for listening. Be- I can't begin. Almost no, not we, now. It's I don't want to begin. I can't begin. I know. But I'm so happy Satan makes you happy, buddy.
0: He's the only thing that matters.
1: All right. We'll talk to you soon.